guys, welcome to the that inaugural. Works. Oh my god, Cody! <laughs> 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 what? There's always that mm-hmm. one. Bloopers. She did, now she's gonna get on a plane and kill you. Yeah, basically. Yay! Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, welcome to the very inaugural, very inaugural, uh, very inaugural, very Great inaugural. Job. Like, why did I decide to host this? Anyway, welcome to the very first podcast of the Tokusatsu Network. I am your host for now, uh, Paula, better known as Angelic Noir. And on the mic, we got Mike Dent. Ah, uh, uh-huh, see the pun there. Clever. Oh, I actually wasn't <laughs> intending that because I've case like I will make it perfectly clear that even though this is our very first episode, I've also haven't had slept in twenty four hours, so this will be a very interesting first episode. Uh, Everyone, break out the world's smallest violin right now. Okay. We also have uh, Vanessa, who is one of our staff writers and currently going to be helping us out with reviewing uh, Zubat. Hi! Yay! We also have our other staff writer, Nick, who just started the Tokusatsu Film Club. Hello! Yay! And last but not, definitely, definitely not least, uh, everybody loves oh. him. His name is Kuni, and he is one of our translators who is located in the mythical land of Nippon. Hello. <laughs> okay, so uh, since this is the very first podcast, and I think other than myself and Mike, who have we've been on podcasts before, right, Mike? We yeah, we we've been around. We've been around. Uh, that sounded worse than thirty. I, yeah, that sounded less <laughs> less savory than I thought. We are the village bicycle of hey! the Tokusatsu fan. No. Hey! <laughs> Speak for yourself, someone who's been in like multiple podcasts. I've been on technically two. And that's acceptable. Slicking the proverbial hair back as you say that. Yeah, basically. I am on the moral high ground. <clears throat> um anyway, so yeah, you and I are are have done, you know, the Hench and Justice podcast. I've obviously got started with Hench and Justice Girls in Trouble podcast. You've also had R5 Central, right, Mike? Yes. R5, also Friday Ace. I've been on Greatest Movie Ever. Um, a whole bunch of other different things. Oh my gosh. I actually have a running list on my Tumblr. It's. <laughs> it, I, and I never thought I'd actually say that sentence in my lifetime. Oh my gosh. I you really have a running like list on your barrel. Tumblr? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like, well, if you're. For, well, guys, if you go to my Tumblr and check out all my stuff I got up there, don't forget to reblog. <laughs> oh, Someone's so internet famous. Oh my god. Don't make me regret having a Tumblr, please. <laughs> Go into the movies, try to cut to the line. Back off, guys. My Tumblr's got like 500 followers. Oh, God. Oh, my God. All right. You know what? Say you're going to find a corner somewhere in your room and you're going to stand there and think about your life. Well, you say that's like it's a horrible thing. I've got like a PSP on standby there. Oh, boy. All right. Well, yeah. So what I'm saying is, you know, I've been on podcasts before. And so I guess uh, since this is basically, like I said, the very first podcast for Tokusatsu Network, you and I got started working together um at hju we've done projects together for hju right yeah and things like that and so and then that's where i also met cooney right yes is that how we met (laughs) well actually i i don't think we actually talked until uh talks network was a thing oh that's true Yes, I I used to talk to tom yes and tom is the guy who founded uh grown-up spandex 
and and you which I'm going to translate it for. As yes, well. and so that's where you guys work together, and then we all work in the mm-hmm. same projects for for HJU, and so. Uh, but what you call it? And then we brought in, and so that's how Tokunet technically got started. We all just wanted a space for ourselves and and kind of a home for ourselves and and stuff like that, building on what we already learned from other outlets that we've done. And so, and then we brought in Vanessa and Nick not long after, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, in, in about March. Thank you. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. After a very long hazing process. Quite, quite <laughs> terrible hazing process. We made them go all the way to the Evian Springs just to get us some pure Evian water because that's the only way you're supposed to drink it as opposed to going to the local gas station. <laughs> um, there were hot coals involved. Uh, we had to make you watch um, all of Skull Soldier. Um, and by the way, you're not covering your therapy pills, by the way. <laughs> but Crossing the desert, the eye that doesn't blink. Yeah, getting our um, blow across the border. Basically. So ba- so if you're interested in doing all that, we do have an open recruitment page on the Tokusatsu Network website. So do check that out. <laughs> so it's an attractive pitch. <laughs> Since we haven't been able to uh, gotten to know Vanessa and Nick just yet, uh, it would be nice, and or as well as Kuni, who hasn't been on podcast yet, uh, it would be nice to get to know how, what is it that got you started with... Uh, with Tokusatsu for, uh, and then before you got into working for for Tokunet. So how about let's start with you, Kuni. All right. Well, I I am half Japanese. My father is Japanese, and I spent about ten months living in Japan when I was about five. That was in 1990. That means that I saw five men, the the Sentai series five men, uh, on in real time. That's and crazy. I, w- well, I mean, as any other little boy, I was really, uh, I, well, I fell in love with the genre. I watched Godzilla movies, I watched Ultraman, I watched uh, Kamen Rider. And after I moved uh, back to Mexico, I lost contact with that until Power Rangers happened. And they were dubbed uh, into Spanish and brought to Mexico. That's when I remembered all I had enjoyed back then. And after uh, broadband was democratized, I had access to all the shows that, uh, well, uh, are, you know, one of my title treasures. And after that, I entered the community. I spoke to many, many great uh, friends that I, well, now I can call friends. And, and well, I just want to spread the word and, and have more people come and, and see how cool Toxtet is. Nice. So it's really interesting to have like someone who actually really grew up with, with Toku on on point. So you definitely will be able to kind of like poke at us when it comes to we start talking about Zubat. So what about you, mm-hmm. Nick? How'd you get started watching Tokusatsu? Well, my story is kind of like the basic American fan template mm-hmm. where I started watching Power Rangers when it came on. And, you know, I watched it for a few years. I think I ended with a uh, Lightspeed Rescue, nice. but I didn't get into Toku until high school when out of nowhere just one day i remembered i'd always remembered vr troopers and beetle boys mm-hmm. but i never saw masked rider but for some reason i just remembered it existed even though i'm pretty sure i never saw it so i just mm-hmm. looked it up found out about common rider and all this stuff and i was like hey this looks pretty cool picked a random series started with kabuto and I've been hooked ever since. Nice. You know, I started, I think I watched all the Kamen Riders, and then I went through Sentai and Ultraman, and yeah, that's basically it. It's a random 
like memory snap <laughs> that brought me into the world. Vanessa, like what about you? Vanessa. Really? It's that riveting. I She's know. Not fast. There's like nothing coming in on our end. I know, right? Oh no. Yeah, Oh yes, you totally. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, if you guys don't know, we are the all the staff members at Tokunet uh, are all in complete different time zone. All of us are in complete different time zone, so everybody is on Skype. So every once in a while, you might get little breaks of. Uh... <laughs> so Vanessa, the question was like, what was it that got, that got you started with Tokusatsu? Like, what made you become a fan? Um, well, uh, like Nick, I started with Power Rangers, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of lost interest. In fact, when my dad would watch it, I would go outside because I didn't want to watch it. Um, it's, it's really interesting that it was your dad that, like, like got you into Toku. It, it, it's all him. It's everything that has happened since then is because of him. Did he, like, grow up watching it and then got you into it, or...? I I don't really know. I think it started maybe in the 70s with him. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of... He just kind of grew with it. And then when me and my siblings were all younger, we would watch and play with all of his toys and all of that. Um, all the envy. Yeah. And then I didn't watch toku shows until last year at christmas when i was home from school my did common rider wizard um and so i started watching it and then i just started from the beginning because he was like halfway done with it <laughs> and then i've been watching it ever since that yeah that's actually pretty pretty awesome that's actually a story that i haven't heard before because most of the time yeah. it's either like you start with power rangers and then you, you kind of just fell into it the fact that your dad was like Hello, into it's it's kind of awesome. Mm. He's the one that also suggested you come apply to Tokunet, wasn't it? <laughs> and like figurine. So yeah, <laughs> that, that I think that's really awesome. So what you want to call it? Well, one of the things that if you have been following the Tokusatsu Network for a while, um, we were reviewing Kaigetsu Zubat, Kaigetsu Zubat, and with the idea is that we would pick, uh, we would pick one series, and it was one of the big stipulations when we started Tokenet that we would pick one series, just in case there was no news to write about, which is was complete naive of us. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was... this is a laughter of pain. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Um, when we started Tokenet. We really, it was really just because we wanted a space for ourselves, like, you know, uh, to do all the creative stuff we wanted to write about and things like that, which included all like the really long form reviews. And maybe we'll touch on the news every once in a while because, um, you know, some people are more on top of it than others. And so we're like, well, what about those slow news day? We want to be able to write reviews in order to fill in those slow news days. Man, like six months later, we were so wrong about slow news days. Yeah. <laughs> like, so wrong. But the but also it's like new Ultraman fashion line. Okay, that's over. Wait, this is coming out on DVD tomorrow. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, they just announced the Bandai Comic Con is closed as what? Why are there so many news? And I'm sitting there, and like you know, my, like whoever comes in the room is like, "How's it going, son?" I, and they turn around, my eyes are bloodshot, <laughs> and it's just like information everywhere. 
exciting because, you know, it to see fandom grow to like no information on suddenly all the information is kind of amazing. Oh yeah. I'm really, really thankful for that. And I'm thankful that I get to work with, with with you guys and the people that I get to work with because yeah, we're kind of it takes a lot a lot to stay on top of news and to oh, be able to work yeah. with people that you love working with is kind of awesome. So See, this is where the I haven't slept for 24 hours so sentimentality comes from. But anyway, let me go back again. Everyone from here on out, drinking game for every time Paula says... I haven't slept for 24 hours, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, no, but the other thing I wanted to mention about oh, yes. that is that Tom and I are in Japan. We yes. actually have a chance to see things in real time, have my access to more information. Well, I mean, uh, myself being able to read Japanese, I can come by more information uh, as you could see we were able to get an interview with with Robert Baldwin. Kyoryu. Oh, that was awesome! Sian, from Kyoryuja, I think that's quite a big thing for us, and well, that's part of what makes us want to do things uh, better, yep. right? Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, but one of the stipulations when we first started Tokenet was like we were going to pick one series again in case for those slow news days, which we laugh about six months later. Um, was was to pick one series to write a review of every single episode, like be really in depth with the review, and so because uh, it was difficult to do it with like newer series, and that it was like so long, and this was like kind of like this is still our first year. Uh, we picked Kaiketsu Zubat, which came out Mike in the nineteen seventies. Yes, you want to around... give some background on like what Zubat is and. Okay. Well, yes. I probably would, perhaps, <laughs> maybe, I guess. This is this is me just basically padding everything out while I punch up my information here on, on Google Drive because <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> my computer Run sucks. from February 2nd, 1977 to September 28th, 1977. Why, thanks, Cooney. <laughs> Damn it, Sorry, Cooney, please continue, you. Mike. Sealing <laughs> <laughs> like my thunder! <laughs> <laughs> and, this, and this was like the beginning of the end for Tokyo. <laughs> no. Oh my god! No, no. Oh my gosh! No. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. Zubat was like uh, 1977. Hitari Shinomori, and it's best way I can describe it is take a spaghetti western, fuse that with a samurai movie, and put Hiroshi Miyauchi, the man who played Kamen Rider V3, into the mix, and all sorts of chaos ensues. Um. It's often regarded to be one of the probably one of the defining shows that that particular period uh, for me that's still the japanese spider-man in 1978 1979 mm-hmm. i love it um but uh yeah it's a fun little show you just got a guy on a quest for revenge it's a really simple premise like it really is it's i mean ridiculously simple which is why we thought it would be a good idea to write an in-depth episode by episode review of it for the entire series because it was like so simple, it was not that well known, and what could it's, possibly it was, it's go wrong? Yeah, what can possibly go wrong? Six months later, uh, I think our, we're all here. We're still here, <laughs> and then it's wrapping it up. Yeah, basically, what ended up happening was if if you do look on the website at tokusatsunetwork.com, plug. Uh, if you look at the review section, we've actually reviewed every single, from episode 1 all the way to episode 15. There is 32 episodes, so we basically got halfway through, more or less. And so when Give I, or take. Give or take. So we're basically halfway through um, writing episode by episode, and if you realize that we, we kind of stopped halfway through, uh, it basically led up to trying to wrap this up in this podcast, because we did come across, it was, it was pretty difficult to write 
an episode by episode review. Because it's it's burnout. Um, yeah. So yeah, let me just ask. Like, I guess this 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 leads up to the question. So, um, my I guess my question for everybody would be: What was it that was the most challenging about um, reviewing and and watching the series the, as in depth as as we did? So, Mike, what do you think? What was what was the most challenging um, for you? I think a lot of it is that. Uh, it's kind of like a burnout yeah. in a way. Because what it is, it's you're doing this week by week. And I mean, some of us are taking like a couple episodes at a time or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing something that is so rooted in formula with this, eventually you're just going to be like, oh, here we go. I'm going through the, the paces all over again. And you're just like, okay, this is going to happen. Now this is going to happen. And it's just, it's like variations on a theme after a while, mm-hmm. which I'll get into my two cents on that in, this, in a, like a moment. But um, I could just see that being burnout. I mean, I don't know if that was the way for anybody else. Um, but that's something that, um, say, you kind of like, compare that to other shows at the time. Right. Um, like, uh, Mazinger Z, which is finally out on DVD by Discotech, shameless plug, is, uh, that is sh- shows, like, basically 98 episodes of the exact same thing. Oh. It's basically, yeah. Um, with a few variations here and there, and it does get dramatic, and there are some good episodes, but... Uh, imagine the A-Team, but for, like, a dozen more episodes longer, oh, okay. because that's also one of those shows where it's just the same episode how many times. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what about you, Nick, since you were, uh, you came in, one of the stipulations to come in as a brand new staff writer was to do Zubat reviews. So, for someone who's coming in, uh, who hasn't watched it at all, what was the most challenging about reviewing it episode by episode? Oh, this basically what Mike was talking about. And it's like after a while, I kind of ran out of things to say because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when you're watching it, the commercial break hits. Okay, next, they're going to talk with Boss L. Commercial break and Oh, look, it's Boss L. <laughs> like, I have nothing to say about that after a certain point because <laughs> it keeps happening. But then an episode will come by where the Boss L discussion is maybe two scenes after the commercial break. And it's like, okay, hat tip on that one. But uh, it still happens. It's like you just rearrange the pieces of the very exact same puzzle. And it's like you start seeing the scenes and kind of, kind of, like, what do you do at that point? Where you just start seeing the scenes unravel. And it's like, uh, this is another episode of Zubat where all the Zubat stuff happens again and again and again. So, yeah, just ran out of things to say. Did you feel the same way, Vanessa? I did. Um, for me, it was more of this show on 14 years before I was even born. <laughs> and I'm so used to, like, technology being better that just watching it, I just kind of shake my head. And um, just, like, the of it and some of my pet peeves show up in every episode, so that bothered me a lot. Which ones? Um, his tisking sound. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that whole thing, yeah. Yeah, the one that, like, he moves his, like, finger around and, like, no, no. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ah, that. Um, and then just of him getting beat up, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand, like, an episode now and then because you can make it too easy. Every episode just seems kind of mush. Right. Well, like, well, I guess... I, I think I remember when when you reviewed it, Cooney, that you were talking about how like um 
it does, I mean, I, I guess we all felt then in agreement that it was really, really so formulaic that it got tedious to write about every single time because you don't know what mm-hmm. to write about. But I remember you mentioning that um, on one episode that you did review, like a lot of those little things like the overdramatic, you know, tisking and um, mm-hmm, coming mm-hmm. in with like a guitar, the, the mm-hmm. guitar solo entrance. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that guitar solo entrance is just ridiculous. But yeah. Now, now think of it this way. Would you rather have that or would you rather have a blasting trumpet for like 39, 40 some episodes with Kikaider 01. Oh, okay. I don't know anymore. Because <laughs> that, oh my, because imagine that blasting every episode. You're like, ah, like that just like wakes you up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I guess it would be better than getting lulled to sleep by like, you know, guitar solo dude. Um, But yeah, but when, you know, but I, I remember you when you wrote about it, like it's those tropes like that that kind of make Zubat Zubat. Yeah, that can be kind of predictable part. I mean, all the shows of that, of that era were like that. I mean, and, and I found uh, what what Vanessa said really interesting because, I mean, I don't think it must... I mean, well, the effects is one thing, of course, that yeah. she's not used to that kind of cheap practical effects. But the <laughs> other thing would have been the pacing, oh, yeah. would have been uh, how music is used, would have been how the camera works, would have been how the cards, the close-ups, how, how the addition in general, I mean... It would be interesting to see someone maybe younger than Vanessa even to to watch it and give us their their opinion. I mean, they'll probably get bored after episode three, right? But I think mm-hmm. uh, like comparing it to what what they have seen now, mm-hmm. be it Power Rangers or be it uh, well the the, the, the original Tokyo yeah. show, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Especially things like Gaim, in which writing and keeping everyone on the edge of the seats is basic against this thing that i mean what do you want i mean back then what did you have to look forward to mm-hmm. after you saw about that that week the same thing you would just be curious about what the the bad guy is, was going to be uh the, the henchman what what his ability was going to be how hayakawa was going to be much better than that mm-hmm. things like that right but yeah, i found it quite interesting to like a, a sample of what Tokusatsu was uh, back then. I think it's ideal. Yeah, I, that's usually what I what I think of it as. Which I think the reason why we found it wor- a worthwhile uh, like show to review this way because it's so black and white different than what we're namely used to, and the pacing like oh edge of your seat kind of thing. Especially for Gaim, like when you contrast stuff something like Gaim and something like watching Zubat, night and day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh something that like happened to a uh, was it a friend of a friend of mine uh, when I was like talking with him one day and I'm like oh yeah you gotta watch Gavon and Sharon and all this stuff like that it's all crazy and like I I can't get past the effects Mike I just can't get into it I'm like but but his ship turns into a gun and tricks <laughs> out warships and he's like yeah I just can't get into it it's like Japan Action Club and a lot of it is like at that time Kabuto would come out and like Hunter Kabuto would come out and. That show is just, I mean, it's still constantly moving. There's all these different characters and all the effects and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, trying to get him to go backward was just almost impossible. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that just kind of made me think of that when, when you're talking about that county, because it's, like, that's, like, one of the biggest hurdles. But at least nowadays, it's a little more, like, a little easier to kind of, like, get people into that as opposed to, like, this was, like, 2000... Ugh, when did God, was it come out? 2006? Six, yeah. Six or seven. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah 2006, when it's just, like, 
um, when it was like the, I guess there wasn't as much, I guess, appreciation mm-hmm. for like the show era at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess in, in, in that perspective, like Vanessa, uh, for you, I mean, you were, you did review this quite often, well, obviously quite often. So even though you had like the, you had to deal with kind of like the campiness and the repetitive of it, was it, what, was there anything that kind of like really drew you in when it comes to watching Zubat, like, you know, what, what, if you have, because we obviously have to find something we enjoyed, otherwise we would die watching it. <laughs> so what was it about Zubat that, that you enjoy personally rather than finding challenging? I think it's just his Hayakawa's ambition to find out who killed his friend. Mm-hmm. You don't really see a lot of that. I mean, the fact that he wanted revenge may not have been the best thing, but he was so driven that he became Zubat to find out what happened to his friend. And I really like that. Um, I also like how he pretends to be dead and then comes back as Zubat. <laughs> he does that a lot. Like, if not every episode, right? Practically. He did it at the very end, too. Yeah. Right, Nick? Every show does that. Like, I feel like a lot of shows... Almost every episode. Yeah, would do that. Okay, because I say, like, even, like, you look at the original Kamen Rider, and that did, the, like, it was, uh, like, so there was a point, like, I think, when the show kind of found its footing, like, after the switch-up with Rider 2, it's, like, they would, like, at some point, he would die. And it would seem like he's going to die, and somehow he just, he's, like, resurrected at the end, and there's some, like, weird condition. Um, like, my favorite was in V3, where it's, like, oh, no, you were struck with poison. And he's, like, well, at that particular moment, I transformed, so I underwent a complete physiology change. So it had no effects, and he bursts through a wall or something. Um, it's just like little stupid things like that. It's like a common trope at the time, and it's it's just so hilarious to see it in this. But I, I can't agree. Like that does get like a bit grating in terms of like, okay, I understand you want to make like have, like allow there to be like suspension, like tension and stuff like that. But it's like you can do it differently. Come on, now, guys. And also, his deaths got more violent towards the end. Oh yeah. <laughs> Because at the beginning, it's like he gets kidnapped and then he gets beat up. And then by the end, he's getting shot at and thrown over bridges. Yeah, I I cheated and <laughs> kind of went up to like episode 20 and just went F it and then watched the last two episodes. Bola, shut up. I mean, <laughs> forgive me, Lords of Toku, for I have sinned. Basically is how I got <laughs> like, Forgive me. I am sorry. I will douse myself in water and repent. I mean, <laughs> no, my I cheated too. I cheated too. I mean, we all, we all. Did. I mean, yeah, with that same point. I mean, I think Nick, were you? I suffered through. Yeah, no, no Mike, uh, Mike saw all of it. Nick, I think you saw all of it too, right? Yeah, I saw all see, of it. See, see, we have we're 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 troopers in here. We, we got it. I don't remember <laughs> most of see, it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more afraid to ask my question. I mean, what? I mean, is it? worth it i mean i'm going to make an honest question is it worth it to watch it all the way through or i mean just watching a couple of episodes would have given you the enjoyment and that would be it you can move on to something else i feel like this is sort of like what i've been trying to say with stuff like uh like a lot of these long form shows like i one of my life's ambitions as lame as it sounds is to kind of come up with like a master list uh for fans for like uh, shows like common writer and mazinger of like 
essential episodes like okay mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. something critical happens here or something like a, something happens with the villains like there's a major shakeup. like watch these episodes specifically and it's like this route you can go through i feel like you kind of have to do that with um zubat mm-hmm. there are some i mean there are some filler episodes i mean yeah it's a lot of filler but like there are some like significant episodes like the uh the one where he's trying to like fortify the suit and he's like you know like trying to make like a breakthrough and it's and even, like, mm-hmm. the police are trying to, like, get him to, like, back down, and it's, like, almost like a taking a step back to question everything. Like, that was great, and I wish there was more of that, but I feel like, watch, yeah, again, you will go through burnout, um, so you have to really kind of pace yourself with this, but I still feel that it was a fun show. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's gonna be a steep road, but it's mm-hmm. still, like, a lot of fun. What do you think, Nick? You that, well, uh, uh, what do you, what you can remember, though? <laughs> <laughs> I was traumatized. No. For what it's worth, yeah. Like I wouldn't if I had to go back and rewatch it, I don't think I would skip anything. Mm. Because there are certain episodes, even that stand alone, that tell pretty good stories. Like I know like the boxing episode and then every now and then we get a little more insight into Ken. Like when we meet his mom or when he falls in love. And the next episode, after he falls in love, he changes his costume. But nobody says anything about that. But you kind of just like, oh, hey, maybe he's happy now. Because he does kind of like relax a little bit on the whole anger and vengeance thing. But you see a little bit of change in character development. Not that much, but I understand like for the time and for the kind of show it is. But yeah, there's some good stuff there. There's some fun sprinkled in throughout all the nonsense. So, which one, I guess mm. my my next question would have been, oh my god, and I and now I'm suddenly blinking. Hey, remember to take a drink every single time Paula says. Because he's sleepy. Drink. <laughs> shot, 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 shot. Yeah, shot, shot. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um. So I. What would then be like if you were to recommend this to somebody in that case in, in, to other people? Would you? It depends on who they are. Like, <laughs> right. if I know it really like, is. If I know someone like a fan of Zorro, then yeah, because I know people that like old shows or like old movies, and I'd be like, "This is like Japanese Zorro. Give it a try." Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. If you really, I mean, if, if you like, or I guess, or whatever. Like the one thing that I got someone to appeal to, I guess, blah 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 blah. I can't talk. Apparently. You are not Take a pro- <laughs> so professional <laughs> podcasting host, eh? Yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> How many podcasts have we all done? I am sorry. I'm sleepy over here. No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you know what? No. By the way, by the way, they are moderating today. Yeah, we're the moderating. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, you can't see it, but I'm giving a very forced thumbs up. Uh, no, the, but um, with this, like, what I kind of got someone to really kind of click on with this is the just the Western aspects, is because this is so like, yeah, it's just I mean, it really does feel like a wandering cowboy revenge. Yeah, vibe. definitely. Uh, and I, th- I believe um, yeah, it was Toru Yama was the producer for this one. Uh, I let's see, I could be wrong. Um, but, I mean, this really does feel like a Hiro- oh, it is not a Hirayama show. I thought it was, because it really felt like it. But the way that it played out is something that happens with a lot of other shows at the time. I mean, especially in Kikaider and Kikaider Zero One, where you have, like, a lot of these elements borrowed from these period drama shows at the time. 
and you gotta have that that loud boisterous like introduction and you have like the wandering hero and the people running after him oh and i want to get this out of the way um can we all agree that like uh midori and, and or, or no what was it uh like the two kids Osamu, that would follow I think. Him? yeah like the two kids that would follow him and stuff like that knock him yeah were they not the worst kids in the history <laughs> Of this genre, I because uh. I mean, you look at like you know, um, what was it? The kids from Kikaider, and they at least contributed to the plot instead well, of yeah, definitely. yeah, as opposed to them who they they just get the crap kicked out of yeah. them every episode. <laughs> I thought they would no, get yes, better, yes, uh-huh. and I honestly thought they would get better. Like they I, got better by not showing up as much. Yeah, yeah, I oh man. And then I got to the bit when we watched the very last episode, and then he <laughs> Midori's the little boy, right? No, no Midori's a, a girl. Boy. Osamu is a little boy. Okay, Osamu yeah. is a little sorry. Osamu's a little boy, and then he goes, "Oh, Hayako-san <laughs> was the was Zubat all along," and I seriously wanted to throttle <laughs> him. Yes. Okay. No, because I was thinking like, hold up. <sighs> Wait a no. Like when I first saw this show, when I first saw this show, like back in the, like, you know, was it the like late nineties? I mean, I remember what like, there were like no subtitles at the time, and I understood like very little Japanese. But when that moment hit, like my fist like almost went through the TV screen. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, Nick, did you feel the same way? Because I wanted, like, I seriously wanted to throw another boy. I was confused because Tojo knew. And Tojo's my favorite character. And they kept hanging around Tojo. So I just thought, like, through osmosis or narrative convenience, they would know <laughs> at that point. <laughs> so when it happened, I'm like, but, but, why? <laughs> if you didn't know, what were you doing this whole time? <laughs> it's like the Clark Kent paradox. I mean, okay, one's going to disappear, one's going to appear. It's not going to... Ah! Just... <laughs> No, maybe show this to to like screenwriting students and see how writing a damsel in distress can go wrong. Oh man! Like they don't even play that part well. Well, no. See, you you would play this for those students who like bond their final as punishment, and they say you're gonna have to watch the entire run of Zubat, and you have to and you have to watch it within a month, and you have to write a term paper on it. Oh my god. That, yeah, that, I seriously wanted to, to hurt that child. I'm like, uh, what? Oh. I had the same feeling as Nick. Like, you were here the whole time, and if you didn't know, why were you here? Because <laughs> every show in the 70s had to have a kid and a girl who would always get yeah, in trouble. Yeah. And, uh, it's, and, and, and that's really too bad. I, I honestly think that's really too bad. Especially when you have, like, I mean, you had uh, Goro Sis... No. Midori is Goro's sister, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yeah. And then and then the girl who made the newer version of the costume dated That was his girlfriend. That was yeah. that was Asuka's girlfriend, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, well you have her as like a, a contributing character. So again, why do you leave I mean you had, you know, Midori the whole time. You had you know, thirty. Oh, you would. I see. I see what you mean. Like you don't. You don't need to really, really, really introduce a new character, a new female character. They could have swapped her. They could have. I mean, yeah. Could've, I mean, they, they they could have done her like Yellow Four. I mean, come on. Now. <laughs> well, the story of Yellow. Well, let's just hey, say that for hey, a that, yeah. you know, 
Bioman holds a very special place in my heart. Okay. I was a child when I saw that. I mean, we didn't get into my tokusatsu upbringing because I think I've told it like three or four times now. But, you know, I grew up watching Bioman in the Philippines. See issue number 47, editor. No. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I grew up watching Bioman in the Philippines and I've said this before and I'll say it again. Like, it was dubbed in English by Filipino actors and it wasn't until now that I realized how horrible it was. <laughs> Are the dubbing? <laughs> the dubbing. The dubbing the dubbing is amazing. The Tagalog English dubbing was amazing. But yeah, but like you know, Yellow Four is a special place in my heart. But I mean, you know, moving past that, it, it could have been really easy for them to make Midori like a well rounded character and they didn't. And it makes me sad. They had to bring in somebody new in order to fill that role. Part of me like wonders if like a lot of the extravagance with the character had more to do with like Hiroshi Miyauchi and like his demands and stuff like that. Definitely. That was a vehicle for Hiroshi Miyauchi. There was yeah. I mean he's the main actor. He's of the, the main actor, was right? just a vehicle, yeah. 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 It wasn't at the peak of his career. Uh, uh he he wasn't half bad looking. I mean all the the, the script the shots, everything was made to make him look good. I mean, it was—it's quite obvious that that little detail. Yeah, like he had like a lot of control at one point. I mean, I remember like one of the interview, yeah, one interview. He's like, "Okay, I don't think Ken would do this, but I totally want to jump off this building for the next shot." <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was another time, another age. Well, a lot of the driving force I find when it comes to Zubat is that is is that obviously him. If we're making we're making that point because it's so over the top that it's that ridiculousness. That, you know, like Vanessa brought up that, you know, his death got more violent each time. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, even for me who, like, dropped it at, like, 20 and then picked it back up in the last two episodes, like, that that kind of still brings a smile to my face. Like, ah, this is Zubat. Like, when he, like, was... <laughs> the last episode when he fell off the cliff, obviously it's a dummy. A dummy that hit his head uh, yeah. in the most <laughs> fatal... Way yeah, limp, limp, limp arms, limp legs, awkwardly bending around. I'm like, yeah, when he hit that rock, I'm like, uh, I'm like, can we maybe keep that in? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, can we? That would be a good ending. Oh my god, I just looked it's at like it. Like he has bandages over his head or something like that. It's like, oh, this concussion is going to impair my battle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the fact that also when he the only I think the only way they acknowledge it is that when he's like lying there also like you know terrible at you know the, the on the beach he only had like a big you know uh, mark on his cheek just to show that he hit his head somewhere <laughs> but then my favorite part was that he gets up all agonized and then immediately falls back into the ocean for no reason <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the show in a nutshell. I know. <laughs> Miyauchi is awesome. The series is so awesome. I mean, again, again, when it comes to recommending things, I think that's one of the points. I'm like, if you just want to have a good time and have something playing in the background and have it be something campy and and almost funny, but still kind of touches on those little notes, because we notice that too. Like on on moments when they're very, very, very sincere, they're sincere. Like, yeah, I mean, they they were campy, but they were sincere. They were they they weren't uh, like pretend. They weren't pretentious. Yeah, they like, were really yeah, honest meant, while doing the the moving scenes and stuff. Right. Yeah, when it meant to hit hard, it it definitely hit the mark. I mean, I don't mm. think. I mean, I don't think there really were any episodes where they were phoning it in as much. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think, uh, well, one of the things that I know that George, uh, who would be on this podcast, but couldn't, unfortunately. Um, no, in spirit. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to figure out what we both said. <laughs> I'm sleeping. this podcast. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so George, who's the one who started off, the, who wrote the very first um, review for Zubat, one of the things that I def- that basically stood out to me and it kind of just ha- uh, colored the rest of how I watched it was that even though the characters were stupidly over the top, the, the danger and the consequences were pretty real. I mean, despite the fact that we know that uh, Hayakawa was, you know, was a big diva when it comes to dying, but... You know, you're talking about thugs with real guns and mm-hmm. the danger factor is already there. So it kind of, you know, even though the characters are over the top, the level of, like, uh, realism is kind of, like, very down. Like, it, it I, I, at least for the first five episodes, until you realize how formulaic it got. But I'm like, oh, man, these are, they're not, you know, screwing around with just, you know, fruit lock seeds. That are from another. Yeah, I mean that that's another <laughs> yeah. thing. The difference in the level and the type of violence is not how not it's not. I mean, people still die. Yeah. But it's not about. Uh, I mean, the way it's nuanced is is different. I mean, when when uh, back in this in the Zuba times, you would see people actually dying because they got stabbed or because they got shot. Yeah. That, it was quite. Mm-hmm. No, that that that. Was, really colored the way I, I watched the yeah. rest of it. So even then, that's why it made the last two episodes, I mean, the, the way Vanessa brought up that it got more ridiculous, his deaths. I'm like, that kind of like took it away just a little bit. Oh, actually, a lot. Because I'm like, those are supposed to be real guns. Why? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's, I think a lot of that too is, I mean, you're going on for so long and it's like, okay, we can't really top ourselves. I mean, how many different ways can you shoot a person to keep to keep like things interesting? Right. It's like, okay, we're all going to stand in a line and shoot you. Okay, now he's going to go over here now. Okay, now we're going to be in space and fire from orbit. Oh, no. boy. Uh, which, which that probably would have happened. There probably would have been like an astronaut assassin or something like that. <laughs> really the show now. Well, sorry, but you're only the number two astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes up into space without a suit. <laughs> just like atmospheric re-entry. Like, you know, Yoshi is just like crossing his arms, just like yawning. <laughs> By the way, another thing I wanted to mention, I would int- I would recommend this to people who like Beautiful Joe and do not know why all the little details come from. Right. Oh. Uh, Beautiful Joe's suit was based on Zubat and all the, the concept is based on Kamen Riders and all the henshin heroes of the 70s. So I think it would be a good way for them to see what it came from and, uh, for example, why... A beautiful Joe says tension a go go baby. Oh my yeah. god, I never put those two in oh Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Really yeah, just... really I mean once once you see it it's quite obvious. I mean we got into the red uh yeah. tight thing with the diagonal lines, the the white yeah. scarf, one of many of the poses. I never noticed that. I should, there's, there's now this primary that goes, man, I need, I need to play now, and, and I'm thankful that I watched Zubat, because now I can play Beautiful Joe and just go, ah. Yeah, okay, that can give you, like, a lot, another level of enjoyment for the game. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, that part of, yeah, that, that was my main reason for just enjoying the hell out of the game. I'm like, yes, they're doing this. This is amazing. That's so interesting. And, well, and the game is a great game by itself. Oh. That, that's, that's one of the Agreed. things. I mean, I played it, like, probably ten years ago. When, when did it come out? 
2003. Oh, what? It was... Wasn't it? Oh. 2003. Three. Just, ah, I'm about to date yeah. myself. It's been that long. <laughs> I'm about to date myself. I graduated oh, in high school in 2003. Uh, Man. Remember 2003? That was weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was what... <laughs> like, Vanessa, Vanessa, are you the youngest one in here? What? Are you the youngest one in here? Most likely. Yeah. I feel so old. Don't make the mistakes that we did. <laughs> <laughs> Flee while you can. I have I have three older siblings, so. Oh, man. Three girls are going to visit you tonight. <laughs> One is was one Zubat, and he's not really a ghost. He's like. <laughs> Well, no, it's just this <laughs> joke back. from, like, Gokaiger versus Gavon, so it's like, <gasps> oh, what was it? Like, one is, like, Owl Ranger, one is Zubat, and then, like, one is, like, I don't know, the commander from Zubat. <laughs> that, that would have been awesome. And um, any final thoughts when it comes to reviewing Zubat and, and things like that? Just oh, your overall experience? Like, Vanessa, like, what would, what would you say your overall experience was with, like, right, with reviewing something in this format and with Zubat itself? Um, I think for me it's more of like an eye-opener of what tokusatsu was in the 70s and then just probably like through the 80s as well. And just reviewing it in that format, I've kind of been, since, you know, my major is journalism, I'm kind of used to just like writing what I think and just writing in general. So I think Zubat was like a good first experience with reviewing something. Nick, what about you? Good. Uh, Put you on the spot. Uh, Cootie, what about you? I don't really. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a dick. Sorry, go ahead. That qualifies as harassment, you know. I know. Nick, I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's honestly how I feel about the vibe. Overall? Yeah, because in general, I did this, like, I'm getting used to like organizing my thoughts and putting them out there mm-hmm. and Zubat might not have been the best way to do that because no. <laughs> <laughs> I know like my most recent review might have been a little more scathing than I wanted it to be mm. Mm. but yeah it was it's a, it's a show that I would rather not pay that much attention to no. so it's like when you're reviewing something you have to pay that a lot of attention right, to it right, right. which kind of just like made it fall apart Right. I, yeah, I, I totally understand. I mean, we all do, because, you know, we wouldn't be having this podcast if we didn't. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's, again, this podcast is kind of a way to just wrap up, you know, save ourselves from having to write over <laughs> any more, <laughs> more, more words. Any more reviews. Yeah. And guy. then, as soon as we say this, Toei announces they're going to do a remake of Zubat starring. So, like... go away, Mike. Remember that <laughs> I told you to go a 20 year old, a 20 year old from D Boys. Yeah. Hey, hey! I don't mind D boys. A lot of good actors came out of D boys. No, I'm, I'm no, no. You're so going to have my piece on D boys oh, in another yeah, one, occasion. One, one, one day or another. You're so going to have it. Okay. Well, that is a podcast discussion for another day. Exactly. I want to be in on that one. Oh. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> Yay! I'm totally looking forward to that one. Um. So what's wrong? What like Kuni, what about you when it comes to like what are you what would be your like your kind of final thoughts when it comes to reviewing something in this format or, or in just Zubat in general? Uh it was really interesting because I mean uh, eventually it became a chore. Yeah. 
and that's when I stopped. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, if if uh, as a Tokusatsu fan like like me, I mean, someone who loves the genre became mature. I cannot imagine what kind of drug it must be for someone who who I mean who has it as a, as their first series, mm-hmm. or maybe their experience would be uh, different and everything would be new and interesting in the sense that, well, they they would not have seen anything like like that before. Mm-hmm. But I I think that as a, as a as 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 I said before, as a sample of what uh, Tokusatsu was in its in its uh, early stages, what uh, be- well, I mean, all these little tropes that well, some of them have died out, some of them have survived, some of them have changed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as a document to, to I mean, to, as as a resource to document yourself about Tokusatsu, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I wouldn't say I recommend it, but with some trepidation. Yeah, I mean, it's an acquired taste, most definitely. definitely. So, Mike, what about you? I'm kind of the same way. I would say, like, this would be the show that you would kind of, like, throw onto a sampler. Mm-hmm. Um, history mm-hmm. lesson for people back in the day. No. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> way yonder, when there was, like, only, like, limited venues to get your stuff, what you would do is you'd send off, like, 20 bucks to a guy, and he would make a tape for you of like all the stuff he had and he'd ask for like certain episodes and it'd be like okay maybe like three episodes of dynaman and then like one of zubat and then like something from like you know legend of the galactic heroes for some reason because he had it um zubat would be part of my sampler for the 70s mm. i would say because this is again yeah, this is one of their shows that very definitive of that time period maybe it would be this it'd probably be maybe like two episodes of kikider um one episode of battle fever j for shits and giggles <laughs> um because you gotta have that and then of course the rest of the tape would just be spider-man non-stop um although i still like to maintain though the reason i keep bringing it up is one it's my favorite show but two it's i feel like with spider-man there is kind of an unofficial zubat sequel that happens in that mm-hmm. because there are two episodes where mm. um, he actually shows up and he's playing a character that essentially is hayakawa so head canon uh i'm think it's it's gotta be something like to me it's always been like oh hey maybe after he had his final elaborate death he went under witness protection and started a family okay and I, and listen tumblr user <laughs> <laughs> anyway long and short of it <laughs> oh my god can't it existed before that damn it <laughs> so anyway um no it's i mean it's still one of my like favorites uh, reviewing it i feel like yeah it's it was i mean for me it was like not as much of a chore because it was just like hey it's like revisiting all this cool stuff again mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i can understand that after a while and it's either way i feel like it's worth the burn mm-hmm. in a way um it's so good it, it hurts so good. It, it, it really is one of those shows where she's like, this is so agonizing, but Hiroshi Miyauchi, man. Yeah, and you can, I mean, at, at the very least, you can laugh your ass out. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's, a good, it's a good drinking game, I would think. Oh that would be my god, great we need drinking to make a Zubat game. drinking game. Oh my god, game. let's try we, that in the future. We need to. <laughs> so, oh my god. Well, what you since I know since this is the very first podcast, I guess one of the podcast ideas when we're having like an off day is just to have an all <laughs> an all staff drinking Zubat game. How <laughs> 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 fun would that conversation be? We would be wiped out within like I'd say maybe two episodes, if not. <laughs> no, like even in one episode, the moment like he gets on screen, we're like, all right, okay. It's like every time he says Zubat, it's just like shot. 
basically. A guitar solo. Hat tip. Second best. Oh, no, that'd be even worse. Oh. That'd be, we'd be, oh, we'd be well, sloshed. That... We'd be dead by, like... Oh, God. Well, I have that Superhero Tyson drinking game that's just been lying around. Oh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But, yeah. We'll definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Zubat is definitely a good drinking game. I mean, for me, in my, in my own personal conclusion, yeah, I, I basically will just, you know, co-sign everybody else's. Like, it's a, it's a good show to enjoy. Doing it in this format, though, was one of the, you know... Uh, now we know not to do it this way mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or pick another series that's going to be as engaging uh, or we could do the same thing where we review the first half of it and then like podcast the second half that would be interesting so yeah I feel like that would probably like flow a lot better yeah so that way it's it's not just like hey guys it's time for episode 19 and then oh boy just, like, dead in the <laughs> eyes oh boy <laughs> So stay tuned, please. I know. Well, yes, definitely stay tuned. And thank you so much, guys, for coming on the very first episode of the Tokusatsu Network main podcast. It's weird. We have a podcast now, guys. That's great. Yay. Can I have my five dollars now? No. <laughs> Am I getting uh, paid for them? Yeah. <laughs> I will pay you in vinyl stickers that I paid for. That was really overpriced, but then I'm really happy how it came out. But yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, I'll send you my address. <laughs> no, seriously, they came out really nice. I'm very, very happy with them. I just, I, I, I cannot facepalm hard enough. Oh, after well, that well, well. But yeah, so if you guys don't know, we are at tokusatsunetwork.com, and we also have a, uh, we've mentioned earlier in this podcast, we also have a YouTube channel at, uh, just go ahead and search for Tokusatsu Network on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter at the Tokunet. Uh, so if you don't know how to abbreviate the Tokusatsu Network, just call us Tokunet. That is our official abbreviation. Uh, so yeah, Vanessa, Cooney, Mike, Nick, you guys are seriously the most awesome team I could ever ask for. Thank you. Thank you so much for helping out with uh, this very first episode. And thank you so much again for writing the Zubat episodes and putting you through all the Riz reviews. <laughs> It was fun. It was good old fun. Yeah. Okay. So thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank Bye. you. Goodbye. Bye. And remember, kids, do not try any Z bots and stunts at home. <laughs> hey, remember that corner? It was a corner? public service announcement by the Tokusatsu Network. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you remember that corner I was telling Mike to go to? Both of you go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of a crowd at the moment. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs>